when people don't have the opportunity to explore their interests, it's an automatic setup for failure, especially in the information age. There is someone that you know that went through schooling, that went through college, and still has no idea what they are passionate about. And that is not their fault. Right now is the perfect opportunity to really ask these hard questions of why isn't this uh, industrial education approach not working? And what can we do to utilize this space right now to create a structure that really supports individuals in the time of now? The whole education system, the whole traditional public education system, especially in Minnesota, especially in the Twin Cities, it has to be redefined. This is We Form the Future, a podcast and radio show that is meant to empower Black voices and our community. I'm your host, and my name is Jasmine. I'm a multidisciplinary artist, creative writer, and public speaker from the Twin Cities of Minnesota. I'm also a believer in the idea that the future is up to us. I believe that we can form the future to support and benefit us for generations to come. And I'm excited, so excited, to share with you the inspiring stories and revolutionary ideas in this podcast. Each week on We Form the Future, a different individual or organization will bring us varying perspectives on the Black experience and explore novel approaches to life, art, existing social structures, and new ways to form a better future. We Form the Future is created by WFNU Frogtown Community Radio and funded by the Transformative Black-Led Futures Fund, whose goal is to support those who are responding to the political and cultural opportunity to defund the police and begin the transition process toward developing and implementing a shared vision of community-led safety and investment. We Form the Future is aired on WFNU LP 94.1 FM Frogtown Community Radio in St. Paul every Saturday at 1 p.m. You can learn more about this program by visiting weformthefuture.com. What's up, guys? So I know you're familiar with me always being the host, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys another Saturday. But we're actually going to have a change, and I'm actually going to be the guest because I want to talk about education. I feel like as we're moving through uncertainty, especially through this pandemic and as things are changing so drastically, I think that this is an important conversation. I think a lot of things have been happening, especially on a local level in Minnesota, especially on a local level in the Twin Cities specifically. And I think our young people are being impacted by it on every way. I think adults are being impacted by it in every way. But I wanna gear back to education because education is switching very quickly as we're trying to figure out what really works and how can we better support our young people through this pandemic, through isolation, through all of these things that have been put in place as we're kind of becoming accustomed and, and trying to figure out how to navigate through all of this. So there are regular public institutions And before the pandemic, you know, I I went to a a couple of 
educational conferences and there was the topic of you know what is happening to our young people and why is there a decline in success post-education why is there a decline in interest and all these things but I think people have to understand that we are no longer in the industrial age I think we already know this but Education is structured around the time frame of existence, which is why the the industrial um, model that a lot of traditional public schools are centered around today, they worked really effectively back in the industrial age. Right now we are in the informational age, which is why we're seeing a lot of conflict and we're seeing a negative I don't even want to say negative because I don't like to label things like that, but we are seeing a decline in interest amongst young people as far as uh, the regular approach to learning. I think it's easy to set an example with college. For instance, back in the day, people used to go to college because a degree meant more money, a degree meant more information that you are unlikely to get anywhere else. This was before um, the, the integration of the human experience and technology. Yes, there was still technology, but not at the capacity that we are embedded in it today. Literally, our existence is meshed highly with technology. I highly believe that our world would not cir- um, circulate today without technology because it is so deeply integrated in who we are and how we show up today. So... You know, there were TVs, there wasn't really smartphones, there weren't really computers, there were, but not as high technology. All to say that a lot of the information people got were from text, was from books, word of mouth, all of that type of stuff. Now, today, we can search up anything we want and learn anything at any time. Information is accessible all the time for most people. Today, people do not go to college for the information. People go for the discipline. People go for the networks, the communities, um, maybe the reputation of the college, and for the diploma, the paper, the thing that grants um, further opportunities. But what what we've been seeing is that even people who graduate with a degree, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to succeed or that they're going to make um, an insurmountable amount of money uh, compared to that to those who haven't gotten a degree. And this applies to regular K through 12 education. I know for me in eighth grade, um, I remember lots of us like looking up the answers and kind of just feeling unmotivated because you know, when you have a device in your hand that allows you to search um, anything you want, it's easy to kind of take the time to dive into your interests. And at that point, you're only interested in what you're interested in. That's the only information that you're interested in. So if you have all of this information that you're interested in accessible to you through your phone, through your laptop, et cetera, and then you're in an institution for eight hours where they're also um feeding you information that you're not really interested in, which information do you think you're going to be geared towards um, taking the time to invest your mental energy into? And I think this is uh, a common issue for a lot of young people. I think we have an idea of what we're interested in and 
everything else kind of falls to the ground. I think people don't understand that the amount of mental um, stimulation that a lot of young people are faced with today is crazy. People have short attention spans, not because people don't care. People are, are full of information. So I think when it comes to education, I think when it comes to recentering how to approach education, whenever things start to get better, um, even now, I think right now is the perfect opportunity to really ask these hard questions of why isn't this uh, industrial education approach not working and what can we do to utilize this space right now to create a structure that really supports individuals in the time of now. The industrial age process, is, as far as in the capacity of education, it does work, just not now. Right now is the time age of information, which means in order to support an individual in succeeding, into being amazing civilians, into being amazing leaders, into being people who show up and have passion and a purpose and really take up space in this time of now, you have to allow them the space to seek the information that they are drawn to. Determination, motivation, all of those things come from things that emotionally impact a person. For me, example, I really love dancing. So there's an emotional connection to me in dancing. So if somebody's like, hey, let's go dance, nine times out of ten, I'm going to say yes. That's my motivation. There's an emotional connection. I love how it makes me feel. I love the art form. I love how it looks. I love how it can be how it can be expressed in many ways. I'm also a writer. I love when people tell stories. I love how people's brains and imaginations um, unfold in different ways. There, there's an emotional connection, and it's through the experience that I found this emotional connection, which has tied me to this purpose and this passion that really drives me as an individual. When people don't have the opportunity to explore their interests, it's an automatic setup for failure, especially in the information age. There is someone that you know that went through schooling, that went through college, and still has no idea what they are passionate about. And that is not their fault. When you have no choice around what you can learn, and especially for people whose parents don't have the financial assistance, don't have the leisure to go and take their children out to try new things or to, you know, put them in classes and courses where they can find and figure out if they like it or if they don't and, you know, really get deep into a craft. When an institution does the same thing, they say, no, there's not, you cannot do this. You can only do this because this is how we can support you. The individual isn't being supported in the way that allows them to bloom and to grow into the person that they really can be at their full capacity. It's only limiting to the capacity that is set at the tone of the institution that they're placed through. This is why it's very important, especially today, to ask young people to ask young people, to not ask the people in the administration, you know, what changes we should make, to not ask the principals, not even the teachers, because teachers aren't even allowed the time to properly connect with their students. It is the students that need to be asked the questions of 
what do you what what are you interested in what haven't you had the time to explore that you want to explore where haven't you went that you want to go I understand that all of these things cost money, but the investment, if the if the intention of education is to really set a person up for success, is to really um, allow them to deepen their experiences through learning and to grow and to move through and, and sculpt their experiences into a journey, then the, the investment part shouldn't even be a factor it shouldn't be a question. The investment should be there. So much money goes into education systems. There's no way that there can't be institutions structure, structured around specific interests to where students can go there and really deepen their interest in their crafts and their passions and their purposes. We spend 12 years, right? So a lot of people graduate around that time of 18, from 5 to 18, if a person really deepened their craft all within that time, imagine how, imagine the potential that a person would have stepping into the quote unquote real world. And by the real world, I just mean adulthood, into the demands of adulthood where a person is supporting themselves as an individual, where they have to figure out how to create a source of income for themselves to support themselves or maybe even their families. I'm talking about that. When things start to require money at a a much more frequent capacity than than when you're a child. A person who has taken that many years to cultivate a, a craft is guaranteed to have some sort of success, success straight out the gate. I have a feeling that people, especially at the top of these um, education institutions, public schooling, etc., know this. But it requires so much more work in order to create a system like this. But why isn't it created? For example... In my community as a black woman, I think one of the things that I see when I walk around the street and I see people, especially adults who um, maybe still caught in the cycle of working industry level jobs, maybe homeless, panhandling on the street, maybe super stressed out and, and caught out on drugs, that falls on education. No matter what, that falls on education. This is a result of miseducation, and I'll tell you why. Because there are so many missing aspects to the traditional um, education system, such as um, there's math, but not in a way that sticks for everybody. If a person is learning all of this math, but they don't know how to budget or manage their money, or they don't understand the true value of money, this is an automatic setback, regardless of how smart in calculus or algebra a person may be. If they don't understand how money and how math works in the real world, in their personal experiences, then the whole purpose, it, it kind of falls through. I know a lot of people who earn a lot of money, but lose it just as quick because they weren't taught the foundations of math, of English, of history in a way that really serves them. This is the problem. Traditional education systems are not serving people for their bigger purposes.
So in, or, in order, I know a lot of people, I've, I've went to so many education conferences, a lot of people talk about how do we create equitable um, outcomes? We understand that there are huge inequities amongst, you know, race within these education institutions, etc. In order to create equitable outcomes, you have to understand the demographic that you're working with. I don't understand. I feel like this is an easy concept to understand. I only had one black teacher and he wasn't even my actual teacher. He was an, an assistant principal. So if you have a person who comes from a lens of privilege, trying to connect with a person who lives a life that they have no idea how it works, um, the ins and outs, how can you really serve that person? If you know nothing about what your student is interested in, how can you really serve that student in fostering really deep learning experiences? I know for me, for an example, I used to get in trouble because I used to show up to work a couple minutes late every day. But my job was also two hours out and I had to take the bus. Sometimes I had to run. There was no bus that came at the time that I had to leave. So I would have to walk 30 minutes and then take two to three extra buses just to get there close to on time. But when you look at it from the perspective of an employer, you might say, oh, this person is late. They're just not coming in. But when you look at it from my perspective, from the whole story, you understand "Mm, this person doesn't have adequate transportation. This person, you know, is doing their, their best to get here on time. They're coming so far to come serve my company, to come contribute to my space and help my space out. Wow. I think this is where we see a lot of students fail. We have no idea of their bigger picture. And we don't ask. You know, I have a younger sister, and I, at one point I really wanted to be an educator. And I used my little sisters to as the opportunity to really see, like, do young people know what they want? My sisters know what they want. And though they may not be able to answer the big question of, you know, what do you want to do as a career? Or like, what is your life vision? They know what they want to do right now. And I think this is the key to setting a person up for success. Because as humans, we naturally operate in the past and in the future, but we neglect the present. And the present is what really saves us and what really sculpts the future that we, a lot of us have fear anticipating or have worries about, you know, If my sister says she wants to dance and she wants to dance for five years and then all of a sudden she says, you know, I don't want to dance. I'm into fashion. They're all connected at the end of the day. Everything, a person's journey will connect inherently. That's not the issue. The issue are the resources, the lack of understanding of a person in the big picture. The reason why art school is so effective is because it attracts artists. It attracts people who are coming there for a specific per- a specific purpose, a passion, a drive, an interest. But in order to get to passion, there has to be some sort of emotional impact. 
And I think this is where the dynamic between teachers and students <laughs> starts to lead to conflict. Often, especially in public education K through 12, you do not know your teacher on a personal level. They're not allocated the time to invest into that. They are allocated the time to teach the subjects, to teach the, the lessons, to pass out the work, to check the work, etc. But ask yourself, would you be more willing to receive the information from someone you don't know, you only know on a surface level through their label, a teacher, a boss, um, a store clerk, or would you be more um, receptive to information from someone you really have a connection with? And I think when I went to my alternative school and I had an advisor and we spoke as regular people and we connected on like our interests and we really talked about like personable things, I was 100% more receptive to listening to her and her suggestions as a person than I would have had she just been a teacher telling me what to do. This is how humans work. If there's no emotional connection, if there's no emotional aspect tying a person to something, it is never going to stick. A person has to be impacted on an emotional level because then they're impacted on a mental level and then they are motivated to act. Emotions lead to action. And there's a lack of emotional competency within education. There's also a lack of emotional instilling the, the social aspect is what drives a lot of people to go to school. If you ask a young person, what is your highlight about school? I think, oh, nine times out of ten, it's going to be their friends or it's going to be a teacher that they really were grant the, granted the time to connect with. Rarely ever is it the work. Oh, I just love my work. You'll find that more in a school that is catered to a specific audience, such as an art school, an engineering school, etc. I think we overcomplicate what needs to be um, restructured when it comes to education. It simply draws back to how we define learning for ourselves. Learning comes naturally we are learning in every interaction that we have whether it's with, our, with ourselves with a new experience with another person we are learning constantly but if we are caught in the same environments if we are caught in environments that are um that are negative that are unsupportive that are out of alignment with where we really thrive where we feel comfortable where we're growing this is the learning in a different capacity so yes a young person may still learn in a traditional institution, but not in the way that really serves them. And that is the key. We have to understand the demographics that we're working with and support them through their own individual interests. Now, in the hood, <laughs> teaching is always going to be different. In order to connect, people, teachers... <laughs> I'm laughing because it's it's actually really funny. But when you go to the suburbs, a specific amount of teachers, a specific type of teacher is drawn to the suburbs because they know that they can connect with that environment. They know that they can connect with a lot of those students in a different way. 
than if a person through the lens of someone who grew up in the suburbs, etc., would connect with someone who comes from the hood. They might be intimidated. They might feel uncomfortable. They might have a lack of connection. This is human. This is just human basics. We connect with people who we can relate to. Without resonance, there is no sort of ability to really connect in, in a way that's deep and meaningful. So without some sort of understanding of the demographics, for example, the hood, if you don't know that people in the hood are less likely to have adequate food, adequate sleep, adequate money, just basic survival stuff, if you can't have the compassion to understand these things, you're going to be frustrated working with people in the hood as a teacher, as an educator, as another student. If you can't have the compassion to understand the real story of where a lot of these people in the hood come from and what they deal with on a daily basis, you cannot serve them in a positive, impactful way that could change their lives. It's like building a story. If you don't understand the character, if you don't understand the plot, you'll never get to the end. I think for mothers, I think for parents who are considering homeschooling, I know that that's a popular thing right now. Um, there's a reason it's popular. People are not fortunate. Not everyone is fortunate to teach their, their children from home. Not everyone has the mental capacity to teach their students from home. Teachers are so important. They are so important. But until they are able to really serve uh, the demographics that they are working with from a perspective of compassion, from um, actual relationship building and, and uh, from fostering interest in, in all of these things, from really supporting young people, if they are not supported themselves through their role to support young people in a way that serves them, how can they feel good about themselves? How can they feel motivated themselves to get up and want to go to work for the amount of pay that they receive and really find joy without those elements? This is not something that just affects the students as well. This is the teachers as well. The whole education system, the whole traditional public education system, especially in Minnesota, especially in the Twin Cities, it has to be redefined. Until that happens, you can expect a bunch of young people to slip through the cracks for the inequities to continue to widen, for um, the disparities to, to continue crushing people, and for lack of interest. If we don't want the same effects, we have to change everything that is in place currently. And this is the opportunity to do so. It's as simple as this. In order to serve a young person, you have to understand who you are working with and what they are working towards. And to end... I think it's important, especially as adults, like me, I'm, I'm turning 22 in October. I think it's, it's important to redefine learning for ourselves, too. Learning doesn't only happen in work. Learning doesn't only happen in school. 
learning happens anytime you choose to experience something, to dig into something, to receive any sort of information. You are learning. We are all learners. We are not better than one one or the other, regardless if we're professors or having graduated high school. We are simply experiencing and going as we go. I think once we can understand this, the compassion aspect for a lot of people and why they are where they are today will fall naturally. People are not on the streets just because they gave up life. They were faced with barriers that (laughs) influenced them to make the decisions that led up to where they are today. People who are successful in the same situation. It's that passion aspect. It's that emotional connection. People who are emotionally broken, people who are emotionally traumatized, people who, you know, have no parents. There are a million reasons why for each individual as to why they do where they are and where they're headed. Understanding that is the only way that we can support ourselves and, and support another. Thank you. Music from today's episode is from Akebe Shakedown. Production of We Form the Future episodes are by Sounds Powerful Productions. We'll be back next week with another great episode. For more information on We Form the Future, visit weformthefuture.com.